Hello friends! It's your old pal Aria Helwani back with another Wednesday edition of the Helwani Show. We got some really big names once again on today's program. Tyron Woodley coming up, Anthony Pettis coming up, Chris Weidman coming up, a little UFC 261 preview as well. So stay tuned for all of that. But first, let me tell you about a couple quick things before we get rolling. Number one, as you know, Major League Baseball is back in full swing. No better place to get all the insider baseball information than with Buster Olney and the Baseball Tonight podcast. Check it out. Download it. Subscribe to it. It's the Baseball Tonight podcast with our good friend Buster Olney, and you can get it wherever you get your podcast. Also, baseball is back on ESPN+. Plus. Catch the best of the bigs all season long with over 170 live MLB games featuring every star and every team in the league. Go Blue Jays. They're not doing well, but I still have hope. I have faith in the Jays. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com slash baseball. All right, on to today's show that does contain some language that may not be suitable for all audiences. So as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. Back in your life. On this Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the program. A lot to get to this week. We got three great interviews for all of you. UFC 261 on Saturday. Three title fights. Just the eighth card in UFC history to feature three title fights. We've got two women's title fights. Just the second time ever in UFC history that that goes down. Of course, Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal for the welterweight title is the main event. Co-main event, Zhang Weili versus Rose Namajunas for the strawweight title. Can't wait for that fight. And then, of course, Valentina Shevchenko defending her women's flyweight title against the one and only Jessica Andrade. We will talk about this card a little later on in the program. Also, we have the return of PFL. We haven't seen PFL in over a year. They took 2020 off due to the pandemic. They come back on Friday with a card headline by one of their newest signees, Showtime Pettis, former WC UFC champion, Anthony Pettis making his PFL debut this Friday on ESPN2 prelims on ESPN+. Plus. So, you know, I say this every week, so much going on, a lot to get to. We have three great interviews on today's show. Coming up in a bit, Chris Weidman. He's a part of the UFC 261 card going down this Saturday in Jacksonville. Capacity crowd. First time that there's a crowd in attendance for a UFC event since UFC 248 in March of 2020. Coincidentally, the last UFC card that I uh, attended in person, that was the one headlined by Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. Feels like a gazillion years ago. Also, Zhang Weili versus Yuanian Jacek. So Zhang missed the entire, you know, empty arena era. And uh, now she's returning to a capacity crowd in Jacksonville. Symbolic that they're in Jacksonville. Of course, Jacksonville opened its arena doors to the UFC in early May of last year. First event, uh, first events, I should say, back after the break due to the pandemic. So they're back there this Saturday. And Chris Weidman is on the cards. We have the three title fights. Chris Weidman's fighting Uriah Hall. And this is a fight that happened actually back in September of 2010. It was a massive fight in the Northeast regional scene it was uh, for ring of combat uriah hall was the ring of combat middleweight champion 
At the time, he was 4-0, big-time prospect. He was fighting a 2-0 prospect, moving down to 185 from Long Island, Chris Weidman. Now, both of them trained at the time in New York. Uh, well, Uriah Hall trained for Tiger Shulman's. That was, that was his gym. And, of course, uh, Chris Weidman was a Saralongo guy. And so it was a bit of a turf war. Weidman won, won the belt, eventually moved on to the UFC. Here they are meeting almost 11 years later in the UFC, except uh, Weidman now trains out of South Carolina. And, you know, he moved there recently. We talk about that. Uriah Hall training at a Fortis MMA in Dallas, Texas. But it's a big fight for both guys. Both guys coming off wins. Weidman coming off the win over Omari Ahmedov. Uriah Hall's won three in a row, most recently a win over Anderson Silva. So we'll talk to Weidman about that fight, about his move, about uh, a whole host of things. Mistakes he made as a champion. Great stuff, as always, from the All-American. We'll also talk to the aforementioned Anthony Pettis about his PFL debut. Also, why did he leave the UFC? How did that all go down? Where he's at in his career, he's fighting Cassius Clay Collard, who is one of the uh, top-ranked bubble stars of 2020. So that's going down this Friday on ESPN2. But first, let's begin with the chosen one, Tyron Woodley. Of course, he's lost four in a row, but he has been in the news as of late. He was in Ben Askren's corner on Saturday in Atlanta. Ben Askren fought and lost to Jake Paul. There was a little... uh, incident i don't know if you want to even call it that but a back and forth with one of the members of jake paul's team in the locker room before the fight tyron woodley is fired up his contract has expired he wants to fight jake paul we talk about that we talk about what happened on saturday we talk about the potential end of his ufc career all that and a whole lot more with tyron woodley i think you'll enjoy this so coming up first is my conversation with the former ufc welterweight champion the chosen one tyron woodley enjoy All right, let's say hello now to the one and only Tyron Woodley, who has definitely been in the news as of late. A lot to get to with Tyron Woodley. Appreciate his time as always. First off, Tyron, thank you for the time. Good to talk to you again. No worries. Good to talk to you as well. Okay, wow. So we can start in a million different directions here. But of course, uh, we just saw you front and center this past weekend in Atlanta, the the Ben Askren Jake Paul fight, which unfortunately for you and and the team didn't go your way. Before we get into your involvement in it all and and how this has become somewhat personal for you, could I ask, what did you think of the way the fight played out? I mean, it doesn't matter if it was a you know somebody that works at the post office or a heavyweight champion in the world. If somebody punched you in the face really hard in the right spot with a ten ounce love, you're gonna go down. It don't matter who's throwing it. So, you know, he was punching Ben to the body. Actually, what he was doing is kind of the game plan we wanted for Ben. You know, wrestlers are used to reaching out when they level change, not just punching or just, you know, fainting. So we was thinking about having him punch to the body, punch to the body, and then working his way up, maybe clinching, dirty boxing, really trying to gas the tank out, working his body a little bit, and not letting him stay on the outside, not letting him dictate the pace. Um, he got off to a start where he kind of started dictating the pace. So, um like I said, anybody that throw a punch hard and hit somebody, they can put him down. So um, it doesn't mean he's now all of a sudden that he knocked out Ben, who's not quite known for his hands. Now he's some, you know, legendary fighter that jumps all the all the ropes of years and years of training and stuff like that. Okay. And so I'm just wondering, I mean, I, I, I love the relationship that you have with Ben, and I love how tight you guys have been for so many years dating back to Missouri days. 
Friday, Saturday, did you think in your heart of hearts he was going to win? Because, I mean, most people were not predicting him to win. Um, he I know- was so relaxed, Ariel. He's so relaxed all the time. He never, mm-hmm. like, I never, I, I, I said, do you need me? Where do you need me? No, I'm good. I'm just sleeping. I'm rest. I watch TV. But I would never see anything different from that because he's been doing that since college. I've never really seen him get tired in the competition. And he's always done that. So I know as his um, training partner in college, as his coach in college, and as his training partner in MMA, that's him. So I would have I got nothing different. And I did feel like, you know, he had a chance to beat him. But I always thought it was going to be later. I always thought it was going to be between rounds four and eight. You know what I mean? After you swing at somebody and miss and get clenched and hit and dirty box and punched in the stomach and they all over you and being unorthodox, I thought that would help him out quite a bit. But, you know, the, the cars fell the way that they did. Unfortunately, just for the whole community, we got to hear this motherfucker one more time for another time. Like, you know, walking around and, and I, it's the clout is just, it's so disgusting what our society do for clout. So many people that are MMA guys on his nuts for clout. It's other entertainment, other rappers, other celebrities. They all celebrating this and I like it. It's a show. I get it. But like, fight me then. If you really want to fight somebody, you want to say you beat somebody, fight a world champion that actually is known for knocking motherfuckers out. Fight somebody that actually, you know, will get in your face and make it real hairy for you. And then if you beat me, you can really say you're a fighter. But the second Ben got done in the fight and he got on a conference, I want to see Tyron fight Jake. Now it's green light. Now where's all that talk you was talking? Now everybody that he's talking about is opposite of me. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz. No, fight me. I'm your same way. You know what I mean? You had a lot to say in the locker room. Let's fight. And that's when you hear the crickets because some people are really built for this and some people are not. It's not even an MMA fighter fighting a YouTuber. It's a man fighting a man. You want to talk shit? Let's handle it. Okay, so that was literally my next question because I saw his tweet to DC of all people nah. saying like, I'll f-, and then, you know, Shout my boy. Shout out to will- DC too because DC stays out of most of it. And, and, and just like, don't disrespect somebody. Like, especially like I can, I can be rah-rah. I can do all that stuff. Like I came from that background. Like don't get it twisted. You may see me on the desk at ESPN and, you know, talking. You may, oh, he's so sweat. But I used to fuck people up for a living. That's what I did. I got my name from gangbanging and fighting. I was fighting before it was, I was verified in the street before I got verified on Instagram. Jake, you got the steam. You want to go around and parade that you're a fighter. You want to say you beat one of our greats. His dog said, what's up? His dog said, what's up? Let's, let's fight. Let's go after do boxing, MMA, or both, or trilogy, or you know, wrestling, boxing, whatever you want to do. Thumb wrestling, chess, checkers. If you want to go in there and get it on, let's do it. I don't think he wants to do it. They offered me this. They offered me to fight him in November. Obviously, I couldn't do it because I'm, you know, on, on a contract with the UFC. But for this type of shit, I'm at the holiday dinner. Somebody, hey guys, I don't know what's going on. I know how this shit works out, but um, let me beat this dude at. So Dana was asked about your future at the press conference, and it seemed like he was leaning towards, you know, maybe parting ways. So like, you don't know where you stand right now with the UFC. You know what? I just, I'm just grateful, Ari. I'm gonna be real with you. Like, like I said in the past at the press conference. There's some times that I felt like I was right. And sometimes looking back, I could have been like always looking and lurking and waiting just because I don't trust a lot of people. And it's been some times where I felt like some things could have been done differently. So I'm always as a businessman and just somebody that I just grew up with this lifestyle. Like you got to look over your shoulder. You got to watch. I'll sit. If you with me in a bar, I'll paint the whole scene. I'll tell you where the exits are. I'll tell you who looks suspect and who whatever. I'm that guy. I'll do that every single time. So I take that into business. I'll take that into 
every arena I'm in, that's protecting me over a lot of stuff. A lot of times some, some shit could have happened to me and it kept me, kept me alive and kept me safe. So I feel like that went into a lot of the transactions and a lot of miscommunication. And then you have several different people speaking on your behalf. And then it's the internet, then it's the media. It's, it wasn't a lot of direct contact. So for some of those things, I feel like it was on me. Some of the things I don't feel like it was on me. And I don't regret um, as a man feeling like I was doing what I was doing was right. But I do look back. I did feel like it got to the point where it was so far. It was so much of me going heads up that it became almost re- irreparable. You know what I mean? I know you said you don't necessarily have regrets, but like that was a I don't know if I've ever heard you say that about your time in the UFC, that maybe you could have done things a little differently. And yeah. of course, what happened, happened. The past is the past. But I'm wondering because, you know, I, I used to hear. Rashad Evans talk about you and say like, man, maybe if you like meet them halfway, it'll be better for you in the end and whatnot. Would that be advice that you would give to a young kid, a 24 year old coming into the UFC? Like, Hey, maybe don't do this the way I did it. I, I, you know, I give a lot of people advice like this. I tell them, you know, it's a lot of people that's in the UFC that's related to me. Like I got a first cousin that's in the UFC. Really? Um, I got people that? that train with me that's in the UFC. You and mean working people, in the UFC or fighting in the UFC? No, fighting in the UFC. Oh. So what I so what I do is I say, you know, right now my, my relationship is a little shaky. So anything you need from me, I got you. If you want to train, I got you. But your affiliation with me, don't make it too tight because uh-huh. I don't want to get into no bullshit and you're guilty by association. I want your journey and your path in the UFC to be yours and your own. And, you know, um, that's just out of love and respect for them. It's, it's not going to hurt me or help me be affiliated with them, but it could if I get into a standoff or some shit with you know the brass and you so tightly tight with me, I don't know if that's going to affect you. you know what I mean, would it be fair to say that what you know? And I love that you want to take some time off and and go train and just have fun. But top of mind, the thing that interests you the most and and is like burning inside of you is this Jake Paul fight. This is what you want. Yeah, I mean, because because it's like it's like um, T. I wrote this song recently. And it was like, when somebody, violation is an automatic demonstration. If somebody violated, you got to make an example out of them. And a lot of people are not upset with me, but they surprised I would let that happen. They just know me so well. And the UFC fans are just now getting to know me. You know the version of me that God conformed and changed me into. You don't know the original me. You don't know the reason why I'm able to do what I'm able to do and where my mind is at sometimes when I fight. Sometimes I black out and I'm thinking dark shit. I don't always hear about it, but sometimes I got to take myself back to where I was at to get the job done. So, like, that's just something that when you cloud chase on that level, you know, I mean, you got you got to be made an example of. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. And as far as the UFC thing, like I don't have no smoke with nobody. I ain't had no bad talks with nobody, you know, ill conversations. I came to the UFC on a misunderstanding from the jump. Like we sorted it out at the end. But like I came over already flagging coin is difficult because of a strike force negotiation. When I first came in, my first fight, I never I never came in the UFC with a fresh slate. I came in, I fought a guy that had only really been stopped by GSP. That was really close fight with, with, with being IFL champ. And he had won a lot of fights. He was a veteran. He was a very good fighter. And it was a tough matchup for me. And I found a way to get around his hands and knock him out. And that kind of gave me a better slate with Dana from the beginning. You know what I mean? But I still came over with, he's difficult to work with based on this negotiation that, I was sleep during. I was knocked out sleep during this negotiation. I woke up and it's like, all right, the deal's done. I'm like, cool. All right, I'm fighting Nate Mark right now. 
but I wasn't even involved with it, but I got coined as difficult and I always had to chase that down. And if I ask one question that any businessman should be able to ask anyway, I'm now I'm being difficult. And then it became like, damn, well, I'm already going to be coined as difficult. Let me just try to make things fair at least. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, Saturday, all this happened and then in your name gets brought up and it, it seems like, uh, you know, a gazillion MMA fighters are gunning for this young man, Jake Paul. But, you know, if I'm being honest, and I'm not just saying it because we're talking, the one that has like the ready made storyline is you. That was your friend, yeah. the incident. Like it's all right there. Also, he he's saying he wants to step up, but it seems like it's Jake Paul versus MMA. It's all right there. So let me ask you, since Saturday night, have there been any talks? Has your well, team I can't talk to anybody right now? Um, oh, okay. But I, can, still- but I can talk to UFC. And, um, you know, have you I, reached I out or has your team reached I out? I reached out. I reached out, but I just did it like a couple of minutes ago. So I can't even. Uh, OK, I don't, even, I don't even know if I got a message back yet since we've been on a deal. But I reached out to them and um, I agree with you. You know, if I if I if I was here and tell you that I want to beat this dude for my dog, Ben, I'll be lying. 190. He weighed for this fight. And I know yeah, I that 200, 205. Let's OK, so no concerns. No concerns no. about the size. No, no. Can you at least say, and, and maybe not, but I, I, I'd like to know, are you at all, like, fundamentally, for a guy who's 3-0, and regardless of opponent, regardless of who he's fought, does he have some skills? Like, are you at all impressed with the way he has come he along? He has or skills, is- yeah. I mean, you can go to any title boxing or cardio kickboxing 90-minute session, and you can locate skills there. Okay. Do he have skills? Yeah, he got skills. But am, am I finna sit here and just think that he's going to put a butterfly in my stomach? No. I've been training at wildcard boxing since 2008 with Eric Brown. I didn't say it. I didn't tell it because at that time I had family's obligations in St. Louis. I couldn't afford to go to LA that often. I couldn't afford to be around those coaches. Had I had the time and had the freedom and the money, I would have lived in LA and trained nothing but boxing hundred percent. So I kept it behind closed doors because my opponents and my adversaries and my oppositions, they had the times they may have the freedom. They may have had the funds to go out there and train boxing 100% of the time using my formula. I got that formula from George St. Pierre. I watched what he did and what Koscheck did. It's funny, I fought Koscheck and I was trying to fight GSP, but I took their formula and I made my, I made my own. I did this in 2006. Mm. And that's how I won those titles. And that's how I went on the run. I trained eight. Look, go, you can go back and look. Koscheck did this interview. Was at AK said, I do 85% striking. I'm going to take everybody down. I'm using my wrestling for conditioning. If I can't outstrike the striker, I'm going to take him down. If I can't, most likely I'll be able to outstrike the grappler and he won't be able to take me down. So I'm going to control the fight. I'm like, duh. So I did that. And I watched what George did. George trained with the best uh, MMA team at the time, Greg Jackson. And now I would say American Top Team is the best team. Then he trained with the Olympic level wrestlers in Canada and whatever high level wrestlers you can find. And then he trained with the you know, the best grapplers, you know, the Hensel Gracie team and my man, John, I draw a blank on his last name, but you got to talk about train with them. And then he had Greg Jackson put it all together. He had great training partners. Great. He did it all right. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. And I took that. So I'm not worried about no boxer. I'm not worried about some internet dude. I'm not worried about somebody that fought two people just to basically get us riled up. But people want to watch the fight. And more importantly, and more than ever for me, People want to see me work. They don't want to see just anybody. Uh, two last things, just, uh, you know, since we're talking and you, and you know them so well, who do you think wins this weekend? Who's yeah, uh, I'm shooting for Mazda. I would like to see him. He got the BMF belt, but, you know, I mean, his story was very similar to Robbie's. When Robbie had this, you know, 
back and forth, you know, elite AC strike for his career, and then got a fresh breath of wind, came in the UFC, stormed it, got close, fell down, got it, defended a few times, and gave us some of the best fights we've ever seen in the championship. You know, it was it was good. I supported Robbie all the way up until, to be honest, until I fought him. I was I had his back. I was always going to see him. And I feel the same way about Masvidal. I think that I want to support him. I want to, you know, I want to wish him well. I think he had a great chance to win this fight. Um, striking the boxing and the ability to stop the takedown has always been there. Um, but Usman, you got to give him his respect and you got to give him his props. You know, you can say what you want, but he's a fighter that makes adjustments on the fly. He does make those adjustments. He'll make you think he's wrestling, then he'll come up striking, and you're like, oh, why he's striking with me? Then he'll go to wrestling, then he'll go from one takedown to another, and he can do it for five, um, five, five minute rounds. He may not punch super hard. He may not, you know what I mean? have the most blitzering speed and the, the, the crispiest technique, but um, it's very, very effective. He's effective at winning. He's very good at winning. So, um, you know, Masvidal is just going to have to be be able to switch with him, switch gears. The times when Masvidal switched gears, he switched gears against Until. Until knocked him down. He smiled, came up and switched gears. There's been other times in fights where Masvidal didn't switch gears. Um, um, Damian Maya kept going for the same attempt and he couldn't find a solution to get him out of there. And he basically got pressed against the octagon enough to lose in other fights where he didn't switch the gear. Um, but this run of Masvidal, in my opinion, is his best run. This is his best sprint. He's been in his biggest bag, um, all the way, you know, from the, um, DS fight to, you know, um, the Cerrone fight to the Darren Till fight. I'm not counting the band fight. You know, that's their beef. I ain't got nothing to do with that. That was a very quick moment. We didn't see much from either guy, either guy. Sorry. Um, so those fights prior to that, you you got to give him his props, man. You, you got hands, and he got he got pretty much everything: kicks, hands, body shots, footwork. He can take a punch. He can stop shots. You know, he was in Diaz's guard, disrespecting it. He wasn't, you know, terrified of submission. So I think if you put it together, it's it's going to be who can make the adjustments. If he can make the adjustments in there. If 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 can you know, Usman switch stances or start coming for you know shots or body locks instead or striking with him instead, if you can do that, yeah, I think he, I think he in there. Last thing, um, obviously it didn't go your way against Luke, and if you are heading into a new chapter of your life and career, do you at least you know the big story going into that as we discussed? Where's the old tire and can he go into that extra gear? Be aggressive. You were aggressive, and yeah. maybe and as you said, like maybe it was to a fault. Like maybe you were just a smidge too aggressive. I don't regret it. No, I think I was right there. I saw. I saw everything. I saw the shots. And, so um, can you say? I, can you leave in I, peace? Will you leave in peace, or do you, do you leave like man? I want to leave on a high that, note. If that's my if that's if that's my story, uh, I still think I'm Hall of Fame. You have seen what I've done. And I think that um, I can walk away with my head up and I, I would rather have taken a lesson, given it my all than a prior three fights where we watched me stand out there and we knew that wasn't me. I could not live with that. This last one, I never want to get used to losing. It's never going to be okay with me. I'm still, it still burns, still frustrating because, you know, I was, man, I trained so hard. I threw so many punches in practice. That's why I was punching so much. I trained, I threw, I was throwing 1,100 punches to 1,200 punches in, like, three three-minute rounds. Like, that was my conditioning before sparring. And um, I just knew I had the volume. So I can walk around with my head high knowing that I did. I put myself in position to win. And I went out there and I was competing. And I was, I was in there. I was chasing it, you know what I mean? And that felt good to do that. It didn't feel good to, to come up sharp. But, yeah, if, that, if that's how the cookie crumbled, then, you know, can't nobody say shit to me, man. I did everything. When nobody said I would do it, I beat the who's who of the sport. I didn't get a lot of the credit at the time I did it, but I never got into this shit for credit. I got into it to be the greatest. And 
you know, had I not gotten off path a couple of times and it was myself, like we talked about this, a couple of things I did to get, get myself off track. Had I not done that, I was two fights away. If I took care of Newsman, took care of Kobe, who you who going to tell me I'm not better than George? You know what I mean? Like I would have wiped the whole new generation, which is a better generation of fighter than at that time. They're more equipped with more skills, knowledge, more diet, you know, nutrition, strength and conditioning, mindset, film breaking down, strength coaches, massage coaches. Everything was so different right now in the sport. Had I beat those two guys, I have a hard time. People not calling me GOAT, not calling me the greatest. So um, I just feel good where I'm at. I'm healed. I'm not injured anymore. You know what I mean? Well, regardless of what happened and regardless of what you do, they will miss you when you are gone. That's that's what I maintain. You will you will be one of those fighters, and you don't need me to say this, but who will be appreciated a hell of a lot more when he's gone than when he was active. And and that's just the way sometimes it works differently. And that's a shame, but it just it, it, it will age okay beautifully. With that. And that's why yeah. That. I, I was I was I was at peace with that after I after I fight Darren Till. I kind of I kind of figured that was my role, but I had to remember it. I told God if I get in this thing, He let me use my gifts and my skills and ability. I'll glorify Him with it. And every fight you watch, strike force all the way through my first couple UFC fight. At the end, you can watch me on screen. To God be the glory. What? That's kind of slipped a little bit, and it was to myself be the glory. And to you know, I me and my coaches, and to these, all these things, and and more than just winning fights and, and achieving. Like I think God showed me that, and that was actually my path. But I took some detours. Like I got caught up with the lifestyle. Like I was living the lifestyle became a part of me. And where I'm at mentally, where I'm at as like peace of mind, where I'm at physically, I'm at the best place. It's my biggest victory. So now with a clear mind, with a healed body, and we're still driving, I'm still like God. I still got it. Ain't nothing slowed down. You know what I mean? So now I'm ready to just kind of go after it. So that's where I'm at, man. I'm excited about it. All right. Perhaps it is. Jake Paul. We'll see how it all plays yeah. out. Jake all Paul, right. quit being a man. Sign up. You want to be a fighter? You want to say you to fight? You calling out all these guys? I want to fight you in a boxing ring. We can do six rounds, eight rounds. We can do one round. We can flip a coin. I don't give a what we do. If you want to fight, you want to fight somebody real, you fight me. Quit calling out everybody else. You got a problem right here, and I'm trying to get it solved. Tyron, thank you. Good luck getting that fight. Appreciate the time as always. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's say hello now to the former WEC lightweight champion, the former UFC lightweight champion, the former UFC fighter who's making his PFL debut, his highly anticipated PFL debut this Friday, April 23rd against Cassius Clay Collard, the first event of PFL's new season, which kicks off 
this Friday on ESPN Plus and ESPN2. He's the one and only Anthony Showtime Pettis, who's in Atlantic City. A lot to talk to him about. Anthony, thank you so much for the time. Of course, man. Great to talk to you as always. So I actually want to start almost in chronological order because the last time I spoke to you was right before your fight on December 19th, which ended up being your last UFC fight. When you walked out of the cage that night in Las Vegas after the W, did you know in your heart that that was your last UFC fight? I didn't know, honestly, because um, all the emotions after a fight, you know, the death of Wayne, I, I can't, you, you bank on yourself when you, you fight your contract out, you know, and um, there was a lot of pressure riding on that. I was kind of disappointed there was no fans because, man, like this is, I grew up under these lights, you know, I, this is, that's what I, I started my career off in the WEC and you know, the UFC and you know, it was like one of them things that um, I didn't know, honestly, I was like, could have went either way. You did know that it was the last fight on your deal, right? Yes. Um, was it hard to kind of block that out as your, you know, great performance, but you know, last fight, potential end of a chapter, potential end of an era. Did you feel like there was a little more pressure on you to go out on a high note? Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta feel that way. I mean, I, I think um, that's what drew me like the excitement again. It was like, it felt like a new feeling to me again. I'm like, damn, like I never, I haven't felt this way in a long time where everything was riding on one fight, you know, like since the title run, you know, like it's, it was like trying to get back, trying to bounce back, trying to find a way back. And, um, that one right there, you know, after seeing my little bro go and I'm like, how many had like, I think two fights left, coronavirus hit. And I'm just like, let's, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's, let's see what the next chapter is. Cause I mean, I'm only 34 years old, man. And I, I still love training. I still love being part of the, you know, all the, the fight environment, you know, whether it's training, teaching, coaching. Um, so, you know, that's why I'm, I'm in where I'm at now. Were you happy with your performance that night? The biggest thing I was happy about was, um, my ability to bounce back the first round. Um, I did a jump, like number three jump round kick and I slipped and then he caught me. Well, like the only real good punch he hit me with was like right on the ground right there. Um, so I had, I faced some adversity earlier and then I had to like regather myself and that's the skills that I've been working on. So, um, it felt good to be able to use that, that mind muscle and flex that muscle in there and show myself that, you know, that it does work. So what's interesting is that fight happens on December 19th and like about a week later, you're a PFL fighter. So things happen really quickly here. Why did they yeah. happen so quickly? Like, did the UFC say you can go? Because usually there's like a negotiation period and there's, you know, a whole process. This happened in the blink of an eye. Why? Man, um, first round management, Melky, you know, great team behind me. Like, I told him I wanted to wait. Like, let's get me through the, the New Year's and, and Christmas so I could have some time with my family. Um, and then I ended up taking my daughter to Miami and, um, you know, obviously Malky's there. So we talk business and, you know, we're getting, we're getting into business. All of a sudden deals are popping up and I'm just like, man, looks like an amazing deal. I mean, honestly, we set myself up for probably the, my best financial year ever in my fight career. This year? This year. Like this fight that you're competing in on Friday, are you making more now than you, you were making in the UFC? Even, even guaranteed, if you don't win the guaranteed tournament. Money, guaranteed yeah. money? Yes. Yes. Really? Wow. Okay. So, I mean, not, for, for me, um, you you know my fighting career man like I've, i took fights on two three weeks notice you know and payday's been amazing you know i've, I've always had you know i've always been taken care of you know I, once i you, the, the wheaties box uh showtime kick i mean all that you know guaranteed me to be taken care of i think the ufc did you know amazing job but when i was coming to these contract negotiations i started looking around and just you know seeing what else was out there seeing what my little brother my little brother just made you know that was another one i was like yo like people think that sergio took a, a you know a downgrade of the common fans you know they're like oh the bellator even down man he, he got paid you know amazing money i think he's probably making the most money in, in one of you know in his weight class uh, in any organization wow um so that's um 
that's a that's for him. That's a promotion, you know. So I'm, I was celebrating when serves like he's got promoted, man. And now he's playing for a world title. So um, yeah, it feels good where the Pettis Bros are at, man. I think we're just making some smart business moves and you know taking care of our brand. Speaking of your brother Sergio, who fights um, for Bellator and will fight for their title, as you mentioned, one thirty-five. Did you consider them? Did you want to rejoin them? Were they a player in all of this, or was it just PFL? I mean, like I said, it happened quick. So like when when the contract started coming, like they just started like being interested, you know, and like we started getting some numbers, we started getting some fillers. I mean, we have great relationships with, you know, all the guys at Bellator, Scott Coker, um, 1FC, um, PFL, like we have, we've built some relationships over the years. Um, so I think, um, you know, when, once they started coming in, the biggest thing I wanted was Serge to have his own home. I feel like, you know, when he was in the UFC, everybody's like, oh, it's you know, Sergio Pettis is Anthony's Pettis's little brother. Whereas now, man, he's Sergio Pettis, you know, the number one contender in Bellator. Okay. So, so it felt like a good fit with PFL. Did the UFC ever make a competitive offer to keep you? They made an offer before my last fight, before huh. the last fight. You know, they usually do that. You know, before your last yeah. fight's up, they make an offer. Um, but at that point, you know, I was just like, you know, starting the year of you know, 2020, I, I went back to 155 and I, I got submitted, you know, and I was like, man, like it's in a bad spot. And then March hit and all of a sudden coronavirus hits and man, who, no, no one knew what was going to happen. And that's when I kind of started plotting and planning, like, you know, what's my next moves? Like once, once fights come back, I wanted to stay busy. I know, I know how many fights I had left and um, man, I think it's, it's paid off right now. You know, the way I feel right now, like mentally motivated, the structure I have in my life, you know, I have, I have a kid on the way in June, man. So uh, life is good. And congratulations. I was going to get to the kid, but congratulations on uh, another one on the way. That's very exciting. One last thing on, on the, the last chapter, if you will, do you feel like you left on good terms any any hard feelings there about them not matching or anything? Or were you ready for a break and everyone left on good terms? Wait, hard feelings is like like uh, maybe me, the, like fights that I missed or like no meaning like promotion. did you did you feel like hey you know I was a little surprised the UFC didn't match this offer no. or didn't value you know oh, no bro no 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 this is a business man I think I understand the business more than you know everybody I've been around so long you know I made I've, I've made my debut when I was eight, my 18th birthday, you know, so I've been doing this you know, for a long time and it's a business, you know, like machine, the UFC created a machine, man. Like there's fights every week and there's, there's guys that I don't even know their names, you know, I'm like, right. dang, there's so, so many fights. So you know, the UFC is, you know, that they're a machine, you know, I've, I've had, I've had a great time over there. I've, I've done so much. I fought everybody in, in three-way classes. Um, so it was just like one of them things. What's next? I'm always curious about this. Like you get a call from, does anyone call you? Thank you for your, your time, your service. Like it was a great, decade with you i mean you're you're one of the the faces of the promotion man, for it. did you get that of course bro. yeah of course you know me and dana just texted this weekend i mean obviously it wasn't a great text you know considering what we were texting about but right. uh, you know we me and dana are still cool sean selby is the one that gave me a shot in the wc bro so i mean like mcmaynard i mean the whole the whole ufc family man even like the pi like, everybody in the pi I, we grew up i grew up with that you know so it's like um no hard feelings at all on my end i i feel like um i understand the business that that, that i'm in and um I, I lined myself up for an amazing opportunity and here I am. How much did you know about the PFL before you signed with them? Like, had you, you know, they've been around for a couple of seasons now, formerly they were world series of fighting, but the whole format changed. Yeah. Were you familiar with them? I was familiar with them. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I like watched every, all their fights and you know, I definitely watched lightweight and I was watching 170. Cause I, you know, I was like, you know, everybody in my weight class, I watched Bellator everywhere. Um, but, um, their format, like I heard like initially when they popped out, they were paying fighters a salary. And that's initially, that's why I like, Googled it and started looking into it. I'm like, what is this? You know, professional fighters league guys are getting, you know, monthly salaries, getting treated like professional athletes, like some guaranteed, you know, stuff that, that makes fighters able to train, man. Like without, without us being able to pay our bills, you know, we can't focus on the fight. 
So like, I, that was my initial like interaction life. I saw, I heard they're making salaries. I Googled it, um, saw their, their roster, um, started watching some fights. I went to a couple fights you know, in Vegas. I went to some fights at the Mandalay. Um, and, uh, you know, it was another, for me, it was like another option. It was like the more our organizations for us fighters, the better, like now we have options. 100%. I couldn't agree with that uh, anymore. And then you get offered in your debut, Clay Collard, who I don't know how much you've been following him last year, but he was kind of like one of the darlings of the boxing world with top rank, active yeah. guy, Cassius, Clay Collard. How familiar were you with him? Of course, a former UFC fighter as well. I wasn't familiar with his MMA background, honestly. Wow. Like, you knew him as the I boxer? Knew, I knew him as a boxer. Yeah. Oh, wow. I saw him box. I watched boxing. So I saw him right. box before. And then um, when they said his name, I started Googling him. I'm like, trying to find fights and trying to find like, you know, something for me to like base my, my training camp off of. And then uh, I couldn't find much, man. Like he, it's been a while since he fought, you know, MMA. Um, he did fight Max Holloway back in the day, mm -hmm. you know, so I think he had some tough fights. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was weird. Cause it's like, it feels like the, the beginning of mixed martial arts again, man. Like you don't know who you're fighting. Um, I don't know exactly what's coming. You know, I'm getting sponsors again, making my fight shorts. <laughs> my, it feels good again, man. It feels like, feels like I'm back in the beginning. You feel a little rejuvenated. Would it be fair I mean, to say I that? Always, I always feel like rejuvenated. I feel more structured. That's what, like, if I had to put a word to it, I know when I'm fighting. I have my whole schedule laid out for the year. I know how much I'm making. I know what sponsors mm -hmm. I can get, what I need to, what holes I need to fill. Um, and the only scary thing is, like, these guys are kind of unknown. I mean, not unknown, but they're, like, making their way up. So, I like, everybody's asking me, like, what's the most dangerous thing about this is, like, this dude has nothing to lose. Like he mm. literally has to go out there and just bite on his mouth guard and go. So um, that's what we're getting ready for. That's why it feels like the old days again, like guys just coming at me and not knowing what to expect. Do you already even have like your next date? Like, do you know, yep. I, have all, that? I have all of them. I have the whole year, the whole season wow. already. So I fight in, I fight, uh, I fight um, this Friday yep. and I come back and I fight seven weeks. And then after that one, I fight in eight weeks. And then we have the season finale. That, obviously yeah. I earned that one. Of course. That's four fights. And then with the way I, I restructured our deal, man, that's why I said like financially, like I put myself in a great spot. That's awesome. Um, now, one interesting thing about this scenario is you're in Atlantic City. That's where the uh, the first few weeks are going to be. Um, and one thing that you know raised some eyebrows is the fight. Like you're fighting April 23rd. I, I do believe you had to arrive 17 days in advance of when you're fighting. So you're literally in this, like, you know, UFC, it's a five days out, a week out, Bellator, 17 days. So you're in the midst of that now. You're almost at the end. What has this been like? Initially, the first two days was like, I was like, man, I can't do this. Like, because yeah. we had to be in quarantine in our room until we can like get tested positive or negative and then we get out to the bubble. Um, the first two days was a little rough because I'm cutting weight. I'm jump roping in the room. I mean, they gave me a beautiful room. The view's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm definitely well taken care of. Um, and then once we got out of the bubble, man, I'm telling you, like, I, I actually enjoyed it. It's been a while since I had this much alone time to, like, work through my thoughts and work through, like, all the insecurities and positive things I have, you know, before fights. Because, you know, before fights, it's, it's like a quick rush. You're there for five days. you got mad media. you got to still train. you still got to cut weight. And then, boom, all of a sudden, it's fight night. Here, man, I got to I got to actually, like, to work through all them thoughts and get through all them, like, just everything that I that come, comes along with a fight. And um, it, feels, it actually feels good to be, like, in this. Like, even me, me and Duke were just talking about it, to be, like, having nothing to do but train like mm. we're just focused on the mission like there's literally nothing to do here but train and uh you know watch film and just you know hang out with duke again so it just reminds me of the old days again um does he like did he have to be there 17 days out yeah. as well wow so that's a real well, commitment I mean, from your team he didn't have to be he didn't have to be here but me and duke you know, duke duke's never missed a fight except for the fight that we fought on together in milwaukee that was the only time he's he's never been in my corner like he was uh, fighting the main event i was the co-main event 
So, I mean, Duke's just a rider, bro. Like, this is something. Wow, you're talking early days. Early days. Yeah, yeah. Like, before Duke was still fighting. So, wow. The main event. That's when Showtime was born. That's when I got slammed on my shoulder and I, I separated my shoulder and I high kicked knockout the guy. And Duke was the main event. And he didn't see the fight until afterwards. He's like, man, you're because like, every time you go out there, you put on a show. We're calling you Showtime. That's where Showtime was born. Wow, I didn't know that. Were you yeah. even like, was he even training you at the time or he was just. Yeah, yeah. He okay, was he was. Coach. So, we, we, uh, I was the co-main event in Milwaukee, and he was the main event. So it was like his last retirement fight, kind right. of him passing the torch to me, kind of. That's what he wow. was. Wow, that is. Yeah. And and what has he been? So he's been there the whole time. What about your other cornermen? Have they also been yes. there the whole time? So I had a, well, usually Serge is my cornerman, so but he's fighting you know two weeks for a world title, so we didn't bring him in for seventeen days. Honestly, right. he probably should have came. Now that I've experienced it, he would have been in an amazing spot. But um, Christian Rodriguez, uh, a training partner of mine, and then I have my um, nutritionist doing a performance, you know, out here doing my stuff. And are you allowed to like walk on the boardwalk and all that? Or is it really no. like, a wow. So they're really keeping this bubble legit. They spent a lot of money on this bubble, man. Like once, okay. once I, once we were like out of here, like, I mean, there's cause all the fight cards are here. So it's my fight cards here. The next fight card, the next mm-hmm. one, all the weight classes are here. So all the hotel rooms, all the corners, food for all of us. They have like a main room. That's like all of our training rooms. So we have like probably like eight training rooms. We all have personal song. I mean, they did a great job of making sure we had everything we need to, to do this professionally. Does it kind of, I've seen like the promo clips and I see what they're doing. Does it feel a little bit like a few years ago for you where it feels like you are the new face of PFL? Like they are really getting behind you. Are you feeling that love as well? And, and kind of like the WC UFC championship days? Most definitely, man. Like I feel, I feel all that love. And even the fighters, you know, having like crossing paths with the other fighters and they want to take picks and like, you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's dope, man. Like I've earned that. I feel like at this point in my career, I've earned that I've, I, the work I put in and, 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 145 pounds, 150 pounds, and 170 pounds. Now I feel like I earned that right, um, and I still got to keep it. Like no matter what you did in the past, like you got you got to perform, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, I got I got to go make sure this this promotion is on my back. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this promotion and, and take it everywhere. Do you feel so? We talked about like the pressure going into the last fight, which was you know going out on a high note. Is there a new pressure now to make them realize that you were worth the investment? Like you know it's like kind of like starting a new job, right? Like you want to prove to the people that, Hey, you know, I was worth it. Do you feel that? Does that something you think about? No, I think I stopped thinking about other people's perception of me. And I, that's kind of helped me out a lot. And I, I used to go out there, like when the cameras are on, I'm like looking to see what cameras are watching me or like, ah. like and it breaks that focus. So like, I think um, I'm in mature enough in my career to understand, like if I focus on that, now my performance is going to suffer because I'm not focused on what, what really matters. Okay. Uh, last time we spoke as well, you talked about, you know, working with someone to, you know, build up that mindset and, and uh, evolve as a human being and as a fighter. Are you still doing that? Is this still a part of your maturation? 100%, man. Yeah, man. That's something that's been there. You know, I, I still haven't drank alcohol since our, since our, well, actually, you know, I had, I had some, some wine, like, like actually controlled alcohol, but like okay. not really what I used to. Um, so like, uh, and then also my mindset coach, he works with some guys in the UFC as well. He's like part of that, part of their like um, package with the, with the performances too. And the biggest thing that he like, well, thing I was proud of is like, he said, after my interview, he had like 80 new fighters come and explore. Wow. That. Yeah. So I'm like, man, if I could do that, because what I learned from that, I'm like, man, everybody needs, everybody needs this. My family needs this. You know, like, it's like crazy how, how, how good it feels to get to you know, talk about things. So are you still working with that guy? Yeah. Same guy. What's his name again? Micah. Micah, that's right. And uh, did you feel like that performance was a byproduct of your of your work with him? A million percent. That first round, I've been there before. I, I, like when I got hit, I could smell the blood, right? And I'm like, oh, all of a sudden these old thoughts came up. 
different fights, different positions. Like, oh, I can't be stuck on my back. And then I just like, it, when I watched the fight, I could see, you know, I, I regathered myself, restructured myself. I even slipped again. And then second round I came out, I'm like, yo, let's keep present. Let's see what I got to do to win this fight. Not all these other fights, not these old battles I'm fighting or stuff that's going on in other places. So it felt good to be present in there, make myself be present. And, and did he, like, did you, I, I'm, I'm assuming like you kind of had like a download with him after the fight and yep. after fight week, did he say anything? Okay. Like, okay, now we need to work on this. Like, how do you go for, okay. So you have a great, like first stretch with them. You have a win. Do you just keep building or is there like a new hurdle to, to attack? You know what I mean? In terms gets, of like, yeah, bro. It gets, it gets deep. And I think it's kind of based on each person, bro. It kind of like, it depends on what happened in your past. You know, what kind of struggles are you struggling with? Um, is it like, is it recent stuff and the past stuff? So like once, once you're aware of it and you're aware of your thoughts and when my thoughts like leave the room and bring in my spring it back, that's the skill set that I took from it the most. Like when I'm practicing with Duke and I'm doing the same thing we've been doing a million times and my mind just like wanders out that room, I'm not actually getting that skill set. So like now I have the ability to bring my, like recognize it first. And then like, obviously not don't judge myself on it. Like, all right, whatever you were thinking about, it's a thought. We get 70,000 thoughts, you know, a day. We can't control this thing. And then we bring it back. And man, the, the focus I get and like the uh, amount of skill, my, my skill sets are jumping up again. Like I'm like, boom, now I'm getting better again. I'm getting new games because I'm actually present in the training session and my mind's not like wandering. Because I mean, it gets repetitive. I mean, sure. how many times can you do a jab, cross, hook, high kick? That's why I do all these cartwheel jump spin kicks because I'm like trying to break that, you know, that, that flow up. And then I realized, I'm like, man, those little details, like when I watched Ben Henderson one, I had such clean details because I was, I was on it, you know, like the Showtime kick happened fifth round, but it was like after these nice little basics happened. And like, I, I lost touch of that. And I was trying to force these power moves. It didn't happen. All of a sudden my mind's gone and boom, 25 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by and I lose a decision. You mentioned people reached out uh, to Micah and to you after that. Um, after you talked about that, I'm wondering if a lot of, and you don't have to tell me, but like, I wonder if a lot of fighters are like, Hey, what's it like at the PFL? You know, what, how are they treating you? I feel like, cause just on your social media, it looks great. And I bet there's some guys who are asking for your insight, right? No, nah, not yet. For real? I think, uh, well, I'm nah. surprised. I mean, I think, uh, well, actually no, I don't like fight weeks and stuff. I don't look at social media like that. Yeah. I don't go, I don't go into the messages like that. Any one messages could literally like take your thoughts and mess right. it up for things. So Maybe they are. I'll check my inbox like after this. But um, I think um, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm showing you know, everybody that there's there's options. I mean, look at Ben Askren. Ben Askren has made one of his biggest paydays of his life. Obviously, he didn't get the result he wanted. But still, man, like, he's able to take care of his family in a different way than he was before that fight. So uh, that's a perfect uh, segue. I, I'd be remiss if I don't ask you about Ben, longtime yeah. teammate of yours. Uh, what, what were your thoughts after watching that on Saturday? It took forever, so I actually fell asleep. Man. I'm in the East Coast, so it was like, wow. like 2 a.m. Like you didn't like the something. you didn't like the the musical acts. You felt like it, it was cool, man. <laughs> but I, I mean, I was kind of late in training. And right. stuff. So like, I wake up in the morning, I'll check my phone. It's like, damn, man! Like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, I've I spin back kicked Ben in the head, and he had, he didn't get knocked out. He just walked right through it and like took me down. Like, so I know how tough he was. That's why I was like banking on him to go longer than he did. But I mean, boxing's boxing is boxing's boxing. Like it, it, the way. Jake Paul had structure and Ben was like putting his feet together. You see the technical error. He got, he just got caught. Um, it sucks. Obviously he's a teammate. I'm just glad he's okay. Um, and if anybody can handle it, it's Ben. He's yeah. one of them guys that's just like tough skin. He knows who he is. Like when, when or lose, he knows who he is. Great team around him, his family. So um, yeah, I'm just glad he's okay. When you were leaving the UFC, were there any talks of you fighting De uh, Jake Paul? De La Jolla, not Jake Paul. De La Jolla. Yeah. How so serious? before I signed uh 
So literally, it was that same day, bro. So like, I bring my daughter to Miami. We get the PFL deal. We start getting phone calls from everybody else. And all of a sudden, somebody that was formerly with the UFC reached out and was like, hey, uh, before you sign anything, let's talk about an option that might be on the table for you. And I'm like, all right, well, what is it? And it was like, he was like, De La Hoya. I'm like, yo, pins down. No one's signing nothing. Like, I, I grew up watching De La Hoya. Um, so we were trying to negotiate for like an April fight so I could still have the season. So like I knew I was fighting April 23rd. So like April 6th, like the like beginning of April will work out. Um, but that kind of negotiation stopped because he wanted to push back. And like after seeing the the memes of what he you know lot this weekend, man, he's going through a battle. So hopefully, hopefully we can get that right. So he wants to fight July 3rd still, despite what happened this weekend. Is that still a possibility for you or now that you're with nah. you, can't happen? Yeah, now, now I'm in the season now. So like my fights are April, June, August, and then championship. And then once once the championship's done, then I have some free time to figure some stuff out. And that was another big reason too. Like I can, I have the options of doing other things. How do you feel about this whole Jake Paul phenomenon? Man, I mean, initially I was like, all right, he fought a basketball player. He's like, and then I, he he just got lucky. And I was like, he's got caught a basketball player. And then he fights Ben Askren, and he he, he makes him look like that. And uh it just opens another lane up, man. Look at Tyron Willie was there. I hate the disrespect that, that these guys were giving Ty. You know, I feel like they're 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 trying to like get him to egg him on a little bit because I know Jay Love too. But um, I'm like, man, like we gotta hold it down, man. Kind of felt like MMA versus boxing for, for a little bit. Would you like to see Tyron fight Jake? Oh yeah, I mean, I like to see Ty fight either Jay Love because that was the good guy I was, I was talking talking best. And I think um, uh, Jay, Le- I know Jay Leon from Vegas. You know, I've seen him train before. He's a great boxer. Um, so, I mean, that's, an, I mean, it's cool that Willie has that option now because Willie mm-hmm. does have an option. Like he put his name in that, that drawing and maybe it's Jake, maybe it's one of his teammates, but um, there's another option for a fighter. And I respect that. Um, last thing before I let you go, you, you uh, told me about like the management team that mm-hmm. you are starting. How is that going? So, you know, we last spoke like four months ago. How do you feel like that's progressing? It's progressive, man. I mean, it's definitely like a, it's nothing that's going to happen overnight. You know, I've, I've got a great team of guys that are up and coming. We just booked the whole team fights. So everybody's um, got a fight coming up that's on our roster. We just got a, a, one of our, our girls uh, uh, contracting Invicta. So we're, we're starting to get up to the, to the, to the bigger names and bigger yeah. leagues. But my biggest thing is getting my show going. So September will be our first Showtime um, fight, fighting series. We'll, we'll have my own show going. In wow. Wisconsin, we'll start there. But now that's going to give me the opportunity to get my guys fights and like actually progress this. And so that's, that's what we're waiting on. I mean, the guys are still training, but once the fight show happens, then I have the opportunity to either get them to the bigger shows, but at least you know, give them fights. That's great. And uh, shout out to you. I saw that you uh, just launched your own YouTube channel yeah. and you had a first episode up that was beautifully shot. I don't know who shot that. Very well done. I love when fighters do that sort of thing. So I urge everyone out there to check that out. Just type in your name and, and Anthony Showtime Pettis comes out. So uh, you're doing big things, man. You got a baby on the way. Congratulations. New home. You got the, the management group, the YouTube channel. It's all looking up for Anthony Pettis. Can't wait. April 23rd, this Friday, the night before UFC 261, PFL's back, headlined by Clay Collard versus Anthony Pettis. Looking forward to it. All the best to you, Anthony. Uh, stay safe over there in the, uh, in the bubble in Atlantic City, and good luck on Friday. Hi, bro. Appreciate it. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. Let's say hello now to our next guest. You know, there's a lot of attention this weekend. UFC 261, three title fights, of course, Jorge Masvidal versus Kamar Usman at the very top of the bill. But this main card is extremely interesting, if you ask me. You also have Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crute, and you also have a rematch that is 11 years, almost 11 years in the making. The Battle of New York going down in Jacksonville. We've got Uriah Hall, who's on quite the winning streak as well, against the man himself, the former UFC middleweight champion, looking to make it two in a row, our old friend Chris Weidman. Chris, how are you? That's right. I'm good. How are you, Ariel? I'm doing great. There's so much to talk to you about. First, let's get the, the, the most important thing out of the way. This fight was supposed to happen in February. Unfortunately, you got COVID. How are you feeling? Any, any lasting, lingering effects from it? Yeah, no, I, I was good. Um, it, was, it was two days kind of sucked. And then, uh, you know, I stayed. I, I didn't work out and do anything until two weeks later and just having two weeks off because I was told those long-term, long, those, those effects that last for a long time. Um, happen a lot if you're training through it. So I didn't want any issues. And so I was on the antibiotics and I just tried to do everything right. And then at the end of the two weeks, I tried to jump in back into camp and it was just, it was too much. Um, and then uh, UFC, you know, we postponed it and I didn't, I, I just kind of expected to get like two or three weeks, you know, time and then get, get the fight. Uh, and then they postponed it, you know, a couple of months, but it ended up working out um, really well because I stayed in shape. Um, you know, my father-in-law ended up passing. So it, it just timing wise, I was able to, um, you know, focus on some things, but also like focus on like family matter type stuff. And then also, you know, continue staying in shape and, and just get better and better. And I'm very sorry about your father-in-law. I know we, we spoke about it a little bit privately, so, uh, we don't have to, you know, go too deep into that now. And I know your, your wife very close to her father, how, how, how is the family doing? After, because my understanding was a pretty uh, traumatic accident, correct? Yeah, he was uh, crossing the street, going to my gym. You know, he was a big fan of the guys at the gym, and he was he was very supportive. You know, going to all their fights from the amateurs to the pros, and uh, he was there. You know, watching Marab spar and stuff, and he he was uh, crossing the street, got stuck in the median, and um, he forgot his mask. He went to pat his legs, went to turn. I had oh, to go back to his car and uh, there was a car actually pulling up one of the, one of the kids from the gym uh, was dropped. Well, one of the guys from the gym was dropping off one of his kids for private lessons and he clipped them um, just to thank God there was a cat, there was footage. So you could see it was completely accidental. There was nobody who did anything wrong. Um, so that was, it was easy to put that, you know, to rest. You didn't have to, you know, we didn't have to get all crazy. Um, and it was just super traumatic situation for everybody. Um, and he was just a great guy. He was at every single one of my fights. Um, and, uh, you know, we miss him a lot. I'm, I'm so sorry. That is, that is, I mean, any death is horrendous, but uh, that, that is uh, an incredible set of circumstances. So for this fight on Saturday, who will be in your corner? So Matt's, Matt's not going to be in my corner. He's taking a break on cornering. I know you, you know some of that stuff because right. it was public. Um, but Ray's going to be in my corner. Wonder Boy is going to be in my corner. And uh, this young up-and-coming wrestler, uh, Division One All-American, this kid, uh, his name's Tom Lane, he wrestled at Cal Poly. He's actually from Long Island. I would train with him all the time out there um, anytime he was back home from school. And he happened to just move out here around the same time I moved out here. So just another great training partner. 
So is this the first time in your career that Matt's on your corner? You know, I, no, I don't know if it's the first, I think maybe once or maybe one other time, uh, I have to really think about it. Maybe one other time or two other times, like just if there was some type of conflict, scheduling conflict or something for his family. Um, but it's definitely, uh, you know, well, he wasn't in my corner for my last fight. So there you go. Akhmedov, well, when I put of, Akhmedov, because of right. COVID, I needed like yeah. my workout partners. He was super closed off. Um, so kind of ruined that. Um, but, you know, obviously I got to respect, but I love Matt. I'm going to miss him. Um, he's such a good, great coach, a great cornerman. So, uh, you know, I wish he could be there, but he, he needs to do what he's got to do. Did you try to convince him or not really? Yeah, yeah, I tried, but I spoke to him about it. We spoke for about a half an hour. Um, he actually, right before his podcast even came out. And uh, I, I understood where he was coming from. And, you know, he wasn't, uh, he, need, he definitely needs a little time. Uh, when this fight was on the verge of being put together, like was, was Uriah Hall, and we'll get into the history in a second, but just like 2021 Uriah Hall, was he on your radar? Like post Ahmedov, did you feel like this was a fight that made sense for you and him? Was this someone that you thought they might present to you? You know, not not really. Um, it just wasn't, I don't, for whatever reason, wasn't one of the names I was thinking. I was trying to get that fight with Brunson. Um, and um, they ended up, you know, hitting me up about Uriah Hall. I'm like, All right, yeah, you know what? I'm excited about that. I'm excited because I know it's a big fight for him. I know he has to be super motivated um, because it was his first loss. And that just excites me, knowing that he's going to be super motivated. He, he's going to want to, you know, beat me. And I'm just not going to let that happen. I just feel that I'm just going to – I'm resisting the hell out of that. So I can't let him have, have that back. And, you know, we're just – we fought – it was it's just such a long history between me and him. And it's pretty cool. It's like a cool story. It's an amazing story. So for those that don't know, you were 2-0. and He was 4-0. and Ring of Combat, your middleweight debut. Um, massive fight on the East coast, you were two of the biggest prospects at middleweight in the entire country, if not the world. And you go in there and beat them. This is 2010, September of 2010, to be exact. You go in and beat them. Uh, your stock continues to rise. He eventually makes it to the UFC. This is all part of your journey to the UFC. It was a really big deal. What do you remember? I believe it happened, uh, in Atlantic city. If uh, memory serves me yep, correct. Exactly. What, yeah. what do you remember from all of that? Um, so it was the Ring of Combat for the Ring of Combat Championship. He was the he was the champion, and at that time, he was knocking out everybody he fought, and I was dominating everybody I fought. You know, I submitted everybody. Uh, I had a submission in TKO, and they they were billing it as the winner of that fight was going to go to the UFC. So it was just a huge it, it was a huge uh, fight for me, and I was prepared. I was coming off of a hand surgery where I was kind of out for almost a year. And I still really couldn't punch in my right hand. So the training camp was a lot of left hooks and stuff. Um, and so I really just focused on that and my wrestling. And because otherwise at that time I was making no money. I was living in my parents' basement. And, um, you know, I, I just needed to get a fight in. Otherwise I was going to have to change careers. So I took the fight with him and I knew that possibly take me to the UFC. And uh, I remember there was a, there was a girl who hit me up because we were the two biggest names in New York at middleweight, you know, and uh, we were both, you know, my camp felt like I was unbeatable. His camp felt like he was unbeatable. He belonged to Tiger Showman's at that time, which they have, I think almost 30 schools, you know, or maybe even more than that uh, 
in the tri-state area. So I knew a bunch of people who did karate there since they were kids and stuff like that. And I remember getting a, a, a message from somebody on Facebook, this girl who I went to high school with, and she was just like, Chris, I, I love you, but I just want you to like, no, like he is very, he's a very dangerous person. Like, please be careful. Please be careful. And I'm like, I just remember seeing that message. Like you, what? <laughs> like, do you know who you're talking to? Like, because I don't, I, I, I'm not as intimidating, I guess, as him. And right. you know, when you're in that martial art background, you know, you could kind of blow people out of proportion. And he is, he is great, you know, and um, you know, for, but there's levels to the game, obviously. And, uh, I just remember being so motivated to go out there and like, uh, like to show people like uh, he, he's good, but I think I'm a different level of good. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a big one. There was, you know, a lot of fans there for him, a lot of fans there for me. There was a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth a little bit. Um, so it was, it was awesome to go out there and knock him out with that left hook. You know, it was, almost, it was the same left hook. I knocked out of Anderson Silva with like a long left hook um, because the, the, the kind of the viewpoint at that time was whoever I just got a phone call. That's fine. Whoever, whoever in that fight, people expected if it stood up, if we stood up, he was going to be able to knock me out. And if I took him to the ground, I'd finish him on the ground, but to be able to knock him out like that was uh, definitely uh, an awesome feeling and win the belt and then eventually go to the UFC. It was cool. Yeah. You, you finished him in uh, the first round, three minutes and six seconds. Why do you think, you know, if you go back and, and watch the fight and the fight is, uh, it's online, you can see it. Why do you think we don't get fights like, I feel like we don't get fights like that anymore. Like these like regional fights with big time prospects, turf wars, so to speak. I feel like that's not a thing in the sport. Is it because there are just so many fighters in the UFC that you don't have that like build up anymore? Because I remember when this fight happened, I remember it being a big deal on the Northeast. Do you know what I'm talking about? It feels like this is not, and by the way, is it, is everything okay? Do you need to get that or? somebody my it's my son i think he just keeps calling me from inside on his ipad i want to uh, strangle him <laughs> <laughs> uh do you know what i'm saying though like it feels like yeah. we don't get those fights anymore why do you think that is i think back then in my eyes you always wanted to fight the best and, I, and my goal was to get the ufc as fast as possible and the way to do that was not to fight joe schmoes and you know guys right. i know i was going to be there was no building my, up my career it was train my ass off and fight the best guys in the world and then that's what's going to get me to the ufc and um, now there's a lot of like almost a boxing mentality, I think, where, you know, let's, let's you know, get five or six wins against guys that you, we kind of like almost know we could beat. I feel like it's trending in that direction, you know, and maybe that's a smarter way of doing it, of, of you know, building people's careers. People, there's more money in the sport now. There's more eyes on it. You got more people injecting their uh, opinions onto, onto people. And so if that fight was to be happening now, they'd be like, oh, that's too soon. They shouldn't be fighting each other, but, mm. uh, you know, but. Um, that wasn't the mentality back then. Is there bad blood between you guys? No, I, I mean, I don't think so. I don't think there's bad blood. I, I think there's, uh, maybe some awkwardness, you know, I'm, it was uh, a big build up. We were both, you know, New Yorkers and, uh, you know, I ended up winning and he's definitely competitive. I'm super competitive. Uh, so I know there's like, uh, you know, a chip on his shoulder and that puts a chip on my shoulder. Was there bad blood back then? I remember, so somebody, somebody like emailed him or his gym or something about how Chris Wyman was just going to like, oh, just suggesting to him that he better work on his wrestling because he's going to get like out, outclassed with wrestling. You're, like he's a joke or something like that. I had nothing to do with it, but apparently it was like they thought I said it or something. So mm -hmm. then there was like some back and forth and it, it was stupid, but there was just like, there was a rivalry between 
the Sarah Longo guys and, and uh, Tiger Showman at that time. They were, we were pretty much the two biggest MMA teams uh, around. You know, they had tons of fighters because they had so many locations and we had great fighters, you know. So it was just always – and they had, they had a great – they had some great fighters too, including obviously Uriah Hall, but they had some other great ones. Um, so th there was this uh, rivalry for, for sure. We weren't cross-training. Like we cross-trained with a lot of gyms on Long Island. But the Tiger Showman guys and us, they, that wasn't a thing. Uh, things have changed, obviously, but at that time. Who would have thought almost 11 years later, you're fighting out of South Carolina. He's fighting out of Dallas, Texas, no longer with uh, t Tiger Showman's, right? Isn't that like if I would have told you that 11 years ago, no way you believe me. It's, it, it's absolutely insane. I mean, <laughs> I just think it's such a cool story. You know, both of us, MMA is, you know, there's a lot of fighters, you know, it makes martial arts and a lot of fighters come and go and, for us to still be in the game 11 years later and, and being on the top of the, you know, top of the middleweight division and, you know, on our way to the championship again, it's, um, it's crazy. We both had different careers, you know, he had a great career in his own right. And he obviously still has more he wants to accomplish and not being, you know, ever fighting for the belt or, you know, winning the championship. And, and I have goals for myself as well. So it's, um, I think you're going to see two motivated and, and shaped guys who are, who are going to go after each other. What do you make of his recent winning streak? He's won three in a row. He's coming off a win over a guy you know very well, Anderson Silva, but obviously not the same Anderson Silva that you beat many moons ago. Are you impressed? Like, do you feel like this, this narrative out there that he's changed, that he's evolved, that he's much better now? Is it legit? Or do you feel like it's a matter of him fighting the right opponent? You know, I think it's all in his head. I, I just think all improvement is usually in the head. And um if he feels like he's getting better, then that's great. But I think at the end of the day, he's still, you know, a great striker. I don't know if he, how much better of a striker he is now as he, than he was when he was coming up. Um, and his wrestling and jujitsu are, are, you know, I think are still something that I, I'm going to say he definitely has improved on his wrestling and jujitsu jujitsu since then. But I do feel like the levels between me and him are still pretty pretty there's a big gap there. I feel like I'm very comparable on the feet with him. I might not be as flashy and, and uh, can do as many of the techniques that, that he can do. But as far as like just straight boxing and, and um, uh, striking techniques, I think I'm right there with him. I don't think if it was a grappling match, though, it would be that close. I think I would be way superior than him. So I just think all the – and I think it, it was almost kind of the same then. Um, I was way more green with my striking then. But I still had heavy hands, you know, and that's that's what got me won that fight for me. And I had that deception where you have to worry about me taking you down because that could be game over for you. Um, and I'm, I'm still going to, you know, be punching at your face. So there's I think there's a lot of a lot of things that he has to worry about and that he's very dangerous as well. He was very dangerous back then. There was a lot of me working on the spinning back kicks, spinning back kicks to the body, spinning back kicks to the head. Um, you know, he's, he's got a right hand, you know, a good jab. You know, I. You know, it's it's uh he has matured, he's more experienced, so he's gonna be way more calm, but we both are gonna have that. You know, we're both way more experienced, we're gonna be more calm than we were. So is I, there is, sorry to interrupt. Is I, have there, a, is there, I have a lot I have a lot of respect for UI Hole. Yeah. But that being said, I, I I just feel like I I'm a different on a different level than any pressure whatsoever because the first fight you know, went your way and you won in three minutes. Like if this goes three rounds, uh, it wasn't as impressive as the first time. It's an indictment on where I'm at. Like, do you, do you think about that? I need to do this even quicker than the last time. Do you think about that sort of thing? No, 
no, no, no, no. Because listen, every fight is so different. Right. That was 11 years ago. It'd be great to finish them quicker, but that's not like my goal. I'm going to finish them as fast as possible. I'm ready for 15 minutes hard fight. Um, that being said, my goal is to go out there and make a world-class fighter feel like he's never fought before and just outclass him. That's, that's, that's the goal. And if a finish comes uh, with me doing that, then that's perfect. What if about- it doesn't, if we go 15 minutes, you know, then all credit to him. Mm. What about confidence wise going into the Ahmedov fight? Uh, you know, the, the whole narrative was you hadn't fought, you had won in, in three years, two fight losing streak. Now you're coming off a win. Weidman's back. And it was an impressive win. And I think that win will age. I don't think you got enough credit for that win and your performance in that fight. If I do say so myself, do you yeah. feel like, Oh, you know, there's less pressure, less of a weight, you know, a weight has been lifted off my shoulder. Like is the mindset any different coming off a win as opposed to that long layoff without a win? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, when was the last time a Dagestanian got out grappled? I mean, how how often does that happen? No, I don't know. You I know? mean, it's. I thought it was it very was, impressive. He, and then he, you know, he, he's just he's not he doesn't have a big name, but that he's as far as a matchup for me, he's probably the worst type of matchup. A big, strong wrestler who's tough as hell, and uh, he, he just you know. And then he looked great in his next fight against Tom Breeze. Yeah, so it was that was a great fight for me, um, and but. That fight, I just I, I got super tired in that fight. I really, with COVID during that time, it was hard to really get the proper training in. My my weight was really struggling to get down for that fight uh, because the fight before that was 205. Uh, and you know, it was over almost, a, over, I think over a year or a little less than a year that I hadn't, well, more than a year that I haven't cut back down to 85 at that point. So I don't think my body was uh, ready to go down. My weight is great this time. I'm actually my weight. I just checked my notes. It's exactly where I was when I fought Mark Munoz um, before that fight. And that fight is when I felt literally the best I've ever felt in my career. You put the Anderson Silva fights in there, Mar- in Machida fight, and you know Vitor, whatever. Well, some of my greatest wins. I never felt better than I felt in that octagon against Mark Munoz. And so wow. my weight is exactly where I want it to be. Um, I. I was able to stay in the gym this whole time, this whole year since that fight. I haven't been out of the gym. That's a that hasn't happened in a while. To be completely honest, and and you know I'm gonna prove it in this fight. But I, when I won the belt, I just, um, you know, it was I started cutting corners. You know, after probably after the Machida fight. Once I I, I knew I had to beat Anderson Silva again the second time, and then. When I fought Machida, I really everyone just thought they were all flukes, you know. So I'm like, I gotta really dominate Machida. That's gonna set me in stone and and be you know great for my legacy. So I worked my ass off for that fight, and that Machida fight was an awesome fight for me. And then starting at the Vitor Belfort fight was when I started like trying to do less as instead of doing as much as possible, I started trying to do as least as possible, um, and I started cutting corners just. In, in everything, you know, my camps got smaller. I would do less workouts, you know, you know, I had injuries. So I'm like, I, I thought I was in my back of my head. I'm telling myself it's because I want to, you know, keep my body feeling healthy. So do less. Um, but it was just me, you know, I just started cutting corners and I just don't think my goals were aligned. I, you know, what was I doing? I already accomplished everything I wanted at that point. So it was hard. It was hard to like really push the way I was pushing and then, you know, I still was able to get through that Vitor fight and do great on very short camps and uh, really only training during camps. And it just said uh, it was it was it was bad. And then obviously I had my losses, you know, and really, I, I feel like right now I just feel renewed and not really because I won my last fight against a tough guy. It's 
the whole move and everything, getting out here, going to a new gym, putting myself in uncomfortable situations. You know, I was very comfortable on Long Island, obviously. You know, I had my own gym. I had all my partners I knew very well. And then here I am in this, you know, random place and I'm training with guys I've never trained before. And, uh, you know, they have certain expectations and it just leveled me up. It leveled me up and, I, and I've been in great shape for months now as opposed to just getting in shape. And I, I know it's going to pay off. I, I feel I don't want to be the old Chris Weidman because a lot of people say, oh, you got to go back to the like there's a there's a there's a new Chris Weidman. There, there's some tactics and things that I did when I was doing great in some of my fights. Um, it, it, it really came from my training and my mindset at that at that time. Now, I really know I'm, I'm a better fighter now. I have way more experience. I, I'm, I'm cleaner with my techniques. Um, but now I'm also just I'm going back to working as hard as I possibly can um, and not not cutting corners. You know, I'm, I'm working out Sundays a lot. Like I used to just take off the weekends, you know, and I, I never did that when I was, you know, crushing myself. But towards the end of, you know, my, my belt reign and um, and then some of the fights afterwards, it was it was just, uh, you know, it was me just cutting corners. And uh, not realizing it, I, I kind of was just wanted to rush right back into another fight. You know, I lose. I'm like, oh, I, I, like, I, I'm better than that. I know my potential. And then I just try to rush back in without really addressing the situations. And, and I didn't want to really know that truth. Um, but so having some time off and, and refreshing, like time to refresh the mind, I really just feel like I'm in such a good mental sp- space right now. And my body is in a space that it's never been before. So when you think back, and I appreciate that honesty, when you think back, do you, do you, do you have regrets? Like, do you, do you wish that you didn't cut those corners? Do you tell yourself, man? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not a regret guy, to be honest. I'm not, I don't really like dwell on things that, you know, I didn't do. I feel like it'll kind of build you to who you are. And that's, and that's the, that's the reality. So you better be uh, okay with that and, and learn from there. Um, but just like everybody told me when I became champion, like you better, you, you know, don't, don't, let it get to your head and you know you want to you know i still was the blue collar guy i wasn't buying rolls royces and stuff like that like it didn't get to my head that way but it got into my head where like i felt like i was okay i could still win doing less Mm. um and so i mean i wish i i wish i didn't i would tell myself if i if i could talk to myself at that time i would tell myself exactly what i'm telling you right now is that you know don't do less do more just keep keep up in it, you know, and you obviously have to be smart at the same time, but, uh, I think it all happened. I think it all happened for a reason. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm that guy who, you know, feels like, you know, everything is every, every, everything happens for a reason. And I'm optimistic, optimistic person. And I feel like my future is very strong. I have strong goals right now. You know, I want to completely dominate him. And then I want to fight someone else, you know, big name guy. I don't know who it's going to be yet and dominate him. And then let's see who's, who's fighting for the title next. You know, I want the people to, to want to see me fight for the title. I'm not going to be begging. Um, it's got to just happen with my work, you know. You believe and, in your uh, heart, though, you will be champion again. Yeah, I, 100%. Yeah, I will be champion again. I'll defend the belt. And then peace. That's the plan. That's the goal. One That's title it. victory, one defense, and then you're out. Yeah. Yep. That's it. So about four fights. Four fights. You're 36. Four fights. And 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 it, it just, I just want and I just know for everybody who's out there who who you know they see me lose. So it's not like they're just pure haters. They've seen me, uh, you know, not look great in the cage. 
And so for them, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to take me serious when I say this. Um, but that's, that's the truth. I, I know where I, I know the, I know the truth. I'm not, a, I'm not a cocky guy. I'm not someone who lives off of false reality. I, I know what I feel in the cage. I know my training. I know the people I, I train with. I've sparred with some of the best guys in the world, some of the biggest names that we see in the octagon. And um, I just know where I'm at. It's not like, you know, as someone who's trained with me, if I'm just, you know, a, a, a guy who is uh, got a false sense of reality. I'm not that guy at all. I would have hung it up a long time ago if I thought if I thought that. I mean, I, I became the world champion. I did some amazing things. Uh, still at this point, no one's defended the belt longer than me other than Anderson Silva. And so I just know, I know where I'm at. The Adesanya fight makes, is, I, excites the hell out of me. I would love to get that opportunity, you know, but I have some work to do and I'm excited to have that opportunity. Uh, you know, I just, it's a great, he's a great matchup for me. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm just excited about this whole middleweight division and, and, uh, and the, kind of this resurgence that I have for the sport and, um, and my training. Uh, so let me ask you this before I let you go at the same time, Robert Whitaker was defeating the guy, yeah. you know, Kelvin Gaslam. Do you think Whitaker can beat Izzy? This, this new version yeah. of you do. I do. I do think that. Yeah. I wow. think he went, he went into that first fight really, um, wild, more wild than I've ever seen him. He was not comfortable. Um, you watch him in this fight. He was just a way more comfortable human being, uh, just, I mean, this fight, he looked amazing. I thought he did great. His, his, his leap and jab to his, to his head kick was just so beautiful. Some of the techniques, technique, techniques he was throwing uh, were just so sharp. And to do it against a guy like Kelvin Gastelum, uh, his, his defense with his footwork, um, his, his, his um, management of spacing, uh, his, his covering with the, the left hands from Gastelum, everything was really he – was, he was on. Uh, even with his takedowns where he hit the uh, double unders and right right to a nice takedown. He uh he blew me away. I thought he did I thought he did excellent and I think he can beat Adesanya. All right. And perhaps uh, down the line we shall see you versus either Israel Adesanya. Yeah. Or <laughs> I love I love Whitaker. I love Whitaker. I really don't want to fight him. Um but we did a podcast together once and I was like, yeah, this guy's just the man. I, I like I can't imagine really stand across the octagon from him. But obviously if we, if we had to, we will. Um, and uh, it would be an honor, but uh, Adesanya to me, I would love, you know, that fight, I wouldn't be feeling too bad. You know, oh, you don't like, face. you don't like Izzy. No, you know, I don't, it's not that I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't not like him. Um, it's just that we've had like a little weird past too, like at events. And he's got, he got, he was getting a little uh, chirpy. And oh really? Kinda, this is year. This is like a few years ago. He had he had put up a video or something of. Yeah, what was that video? Were you like, like me in the like... Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like five in the morning. My wife was outside of it, and he. So one, I think we we're at the event. He's doing a video of me. Oh, you mind if we do a video? We're talking. He's like, yeah. One day I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this guy. Ha ha. He's like laughing. I'm like, wait, who are you? This is this was when uh, uh, he was maybe he just had won one fight in the UFC, and uh, whatever he was. He was all right, and then but he was definitely drinking a little bit, and then I guess later on that night, um, he we were like in Dunkin' Donuts, and I guess he filmed me. He was being cool with me in there, but then he's filming me saying something. I don't even know what he was saying. I don't. I don't remember. But um, yeah, he's not really like my guy that I'm going to be hanging out with too much for sure. Wow. Okay. 
So uh, there's a bit of a backstory there. That's good for the countdown. That's good when when the time comes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I want you to narrate that one for me. Yeah, I, I, I would love to. I would love to. Yeah. Uh, the hair looks great. Everything. Your mindset looks great. I mean, you're just. I'm excited about this new the the South Carolina version of Chris Weidman. I saw you talking about uh, Carolina South- Chris. Carolina. Car- Chris. Oh, that is there good. Go. Carolina, Carolina are we, are we regard- to that. Are we going with that? Is that a real thing? I'm st- I'm still the old American, but hashtag Carolina Chris. You know, hashtag, I love that. And you even you even dared to say that Carolina bagels are better than than New York bagels, which blew no, my mind. I, not, I couldn't believe you said that. that. Shut your mouth. Yeah, I, I couldn't blas- believe blasphemy. <laughs> blasphemy. Listen, I love I love being out here, but as far as pizza and bagels, they had they have some decent spots. And you know, there's a bunch of Long Island guys who came down here and they opened up some great spots, but you can't compare it to Long Island. Just the competition grows just superior right. foods, you know? And um, I would say I missed that, but to be honest, I, I've been eating pretty healthy, that's you know, for a while now and bagels and pizza really aren't on the, on the menu. Right. So yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Well, best of luck, my friend. I look forward to it. A fight for, uh, I like to think this is a fight for like the old school Northeast fans, you know, a, a rematch yeah. of a fight that happened many, many moons ago that we didn't think would ever happen again. And so it kind of brings back some nostalgic feelings. Can't wait to see how you look in there. Wish you the best. Thank you as always for the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So great stuff there from Chris Weidman, from Anthony Pettis, from Tyron Woodley. I have to say few things would make me happier than to see the MMA community rally around Tyron Woodley to get this big-time fight against Jake Paul. I know everyone and their mother is calling out Jake Paul, but man, it has been a rough go for Tyron Woodley, and he has had this up-and-down relationship, I think unfairly so, with the fans. And I see him getting support now. It warms my heart. Few things would make me happier than to see him get this, see the fans rally around him, and then see him, you know, get that support leading up to a big fight like this. It, it would just be nice. It would be nice for a guy who has, uh, you know, given a lot to the sport. And I wrote a thing for ESPN.com on Wednesday. We will appreciate, and I said at the time, we will appreciate him more when he is gone. One of the all-time best at 170, had some big wins, and uh, unfortunately for various reasons, didn't really connect with the audience. And, uh, and 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 now maybe his career in the UFC is over, but it sounds like he still wants to fight. So we'll see how this whole thing plays out. Like I said, it's a very busy next few days in the world of MMA. As always, uh, a lot going on. We've got one on TNT3, headlined by John Lineker. So that's fun. This evening, that's Wednesday evening on TNT. So check that out at 10 p.m. Eastern. PFL making their return long awaited much anticipated return on friday on espn plus and uh espn 2 a lot of familiar names on the prelims names like chris wade names like brendan Lochnane going up against shaman marais great to see brendan back in the mix and the main card is a very fun one you got bubba jenkins against lance palmer marcin held against natan schulte and then of course the big one is the main event anthony pettis versus clay collard i'm a big fan of variety of competition of different promotions popping up and so i hope that pfl is successful this year as they make their return to live mma action lfa on friday as well ksw 60 on saturday before 261 and then the big one is ufc 261 this saturday on espn plus pay-per-view like i said three title fights on this card capacity crowd 
they just announced this deal with Clear. You have to fill out a form beforehand. Honor system. They're giving out masks. I'm happy to see all of this. Uh, we also have two title fights on the card as well uh, for, for women's MMA. And that's just the second time. The other time, the first time was UFC 193. Um, Holly Holm versus Ronda Rousey, of course, in Melbourne, Australia. And Valerie Letourneau against Ioanni on Jacek. So this is big. Kamara Usman, 13 wins in a row. Second longest uh, streak to start a UFC career behind 16 in a row by the great Anderson Silva. Longest active winning streak in the sport right now. If Jorge Masvidal wins in what will be his 50th pro fight, amazingly, and his 20th UFC fight, it would be the uh, the second most fights before winning their first UFC championship in UFC history. The, the, the record is currently held by Michael Bisping, who won a UFC title in his 26th UFC fight against Luke Rockhold, of course, back at uh, UFC 199. So a lot at stake here. Rose Namunas trying to become uh, the first female in UFC history to win the same title two separate occasions. No one has ever done that before. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko involved in uh, the closest fight as far as the odds are concerned. Um, since her first fight, first title fight at 125 against uh, Joanna Jacek a few years ago, she's a minus 400 favorite against Jessica Andrade, the former strawweight champion looking to become uh, a champion in a second weight class, which would be a first as well uh, for someone who won, lost. Of course, Amanda Nunes has two titles, but for someone who won the belt, lost the belt, and now getting a chance to win a belt in a different weight class as well. So there's a lot there. Plus, I love the Anthony Smith-Jimmy Crute fight. Uh, a potential passing of the torch, if you will, old guard versus new guard, Chris Weidman versus Uriah Hall, a rematch of a fight, like I said, that happened uh, almost 11 years ago. Prelims, which uh, begin at 6 p.m. Eastern, have some interesting names as well. Randy Brown versus Alex Oliveira, Brendan Allen against Carl Roberson, the return of Tristan Connolly, Canada's own Tristan Connolly against Pat Sabatini. So, uh, uh, you know, some interesting names, but to me, this main card is... Uh, is top-notch stuff. Those five far, five fights are phenomenal, and I'm looking forward to them very much. So we got all that coming up. There's a press conference on Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern, and uh, they'll they'll have the three uh, title fights on display there, the six competitors' weigh-ins on Friday morning. We've got Ariel and the Bad Guy, uh, Wednesday night and Thursday night on ESPN+. Plus. We'll have a weigh-in show for you at 9 a.m. on ESPN Plus and the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. We got a lot coming your way. Speaking of the ESPN MMA YouTube channel, you can check out my interview with Ben Askren, which we posted Monday night uh, after his loss. No one handles these situations better than Ben Askren. Uh, Very humble in defeat and uh, very introspective and honest and uh, doesn't really come across as someone who has a bruised ego. So check that out. Plus, you can check out all the other stuff that we have regarding 261 and these interviews from today if you want to watch them, all that stuff and more. So check it out. And of course, please continue to rate, download, subscribe, and review. It's very important. That's what they tell me. All right? Thank you. Back on Monday, DC and Hawani. Enjoy the fights. I'll be seeing you and talking to you a lot between now and Monday. But for now, back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.